Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben. And I'm Hector. How are you, mate? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, cool. It's your wife Kelly's birthday today. It, it is her birthday today, so uh, shout out and happy birthday to her, and thank you for letting me out of the house to do the podcast. I know, we st- <laughs> stole you away for our uh, little uh, adventures right. in podcasts. Sure, right. play a little, play a little with Van Dross later, and sex her up and oh heavens to Mercator. everything will be great no, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding not kidding hashtag maybe i don't know who knows who knows we'll see where the night leads us there you go <laughs> so we have uh old habits with us today we have uh billy mike and travis how's it going guys good good going well. well thanks for having us man. yeah, yeah oh, very nice to be here yeah thanks for coming on um you know you were definitely on the list right from the beginning i've been thinking about having you guys on and then you uh released a or I don't know if it's out. Is it out yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It came out April 2nd or 3rd. Uh, Heroes Dose, our new EP. uh, Five songs, uh, four songs in an intro. I don't know how people dice it up these days. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, So we we have like a a pretty kind of set sort of group of questions that we generally ask people. And I think I'm just going to kind of go down the line and talk to you about it. So, um, yeah, Billy, when you first got into music... um, with, what was the sort of situation like with your with, were your family supportive and um did, and how did you, how did it all sort of first happen when you were very young? I wasn't into music like uh, playing music until I mean this band we started what eleven years ago. Uh, yeah. It was my first band. Like I, okay. I didn't I tried oh, wow. a few bands in high school and I just was not musically talented. I still am not. I was more of a, an actor. I was in acting for a decade and a half, and uh, this is kind of like a natural. Segue, because you know, if you can command an audience, if you can like, uh, you know, sure, uh, yell at people in such a way that they like it, you know, I think that's yeah. you know frontman esque. Sure, but I, no, I never really did anything musically before uh, old habits, and my dad loves it. Uh, I think he's been to one show in ten years, which right. <laughs> it's not his stuff, which is more than fine. Yeah, exactly. I guess if you know, with music that's a little more extreme like that, it's um, it may be commendable that he's been to one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't really want him out there throwing down. He's a he's a good fella. He needs to stay home. Yeah. I don't need him spin kicking people. And for <laughs> for the listener at home, in case you aren't aware, Old Habits are a hardcore band, local Florida hardcore band, super badass band. Um, so. Um, when it came to sort of deciding on your uh, like vocal style, did you um, did you just kind of go for it, or is there anyone that you were kind of looking to um, to sort of emulate? Uh, I, I wanted to be very uh, clear when I yelled. Um, I was in uh, the military for four years. I did four years in uh, the Marine Corps, and I just kind of patterned everything off of the way that I used to scream at people in the Marine Corps. Oh, there you go. So I just kept a very clear, very furious fucking shout. Yeah. Very, <laughs> I, I don't ever want to be misunderstood. I don't want people to be like, I don't understand what the hell he's saying. I want it to be very well heard, very well uh, understood and concise. So yeah. I, I, I just did that. Well, it's funny. That's like uh, that's probably my one number one complaint of, of any hardcore music <laughs> is, is, you know, when I listen to it and it's just like, and I can't understand a word they're saying. Yeah. So I, that was a good answer. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely one of his strengths. Like, yeah, as yeah. a vocalist, you don't have any... Like you know exactly what he's saying. Yeah, like, that's, and awesome. that's the way awesome. he wants it, dude. It's it's uh yeah, totally. So the message is important. Uh, ish. The message varies. It's still a hardcore band, you know. That's still going to be you know angry, goofy, rah rah, punch people shit. You know, there might be some serious stuff in there here and there, but yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to uh, catch our act and be like. 
I got a lot to think about. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit, I, I've been doing it all wrong. Like. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. What about you, Mike? How did you uh, How did you find yourself uh, playing music? I, your, uh, did you have supportive parents? How did it work out? My my family was uh, was pretty supportive. I like I learned. I, I never had a music lesson. Like I just started somehow gaining instruments in my house. Uh, with right. other like musician friends of mine, somehow, <laughs> somehow, <laughs> allegedly. Um, but I had I had some awesome friends when I was like thirteen, fourteen that were like, "Do you want a drum set? Do you want to learn how to play drums? Do you want a guitar? Do you want to learn how to play guitar?" And oh, I'm, cool. I'm very grateful for having that so early. And then I went to uh, I I'm originally from New York, but I moved down here uh, to Stewart, Florida. And I went to a show in like a cow field was like my first show. It was like on the, the fairgrounds, but That's, it was like That sounds Florida ish. It was very it was very Florida. They like rented like a bandstand, but it was like all like hardcore bands. So like it was like tipping half the time because everybody was just trying to like get on and do vocals and uh like there was wood chips flying everywhere and I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I just want to be a part of this for yeah. uh, you know, as long as long as I, I'm enjoying this. And uh I started playing in some pretty crappy bands pretty young and uh i just it's it's something that's always been a constant for me so um i love just the i don't know like it's just such furious like energy at like a show that i I love going to any concerts and uh just listening to music but like going to that it's like it was it was an experience the first time it's usually an experience every time it's just it's fun there's so much energy like the whole time so who I've would you say it. like some of the important kind of artists that got you into hardcore were um definitely poison the well is right. probably like the big one i got i actually got into them before i think i was like in middle school and somebody had like a poison the well shirt and i was like what is that and it was it was more like those like i guess post-hardcore like under oath and like bands like that that were like kind of on the cusp between I think it made it like easy to. I wasn't listening to any heavy music before that, so it kind of made it easy to transition into that because they still have yeah. some, some clean and melodic parts and all that. Um, but that's I, I I pretty much just listen to Poison Well front and back every day yeah, in like middle school on <laughs> on a iPod shuffle or whatever. I think it was Paul's yeah, fault. I think I'm probably going <laughs> to listen to them on the way home. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> December time. It's <laughs> what well, you, Travis? How, how did you find yourself getting into music? I really didn't have a choice, honestly, man. Like, my parents were, my whole family are musicians. They were in a yeah. band since before I was born. So I grew up at band practices, like, falling asleep in my mom's guitar case. Like, so it's all I know. It's like my first memory. So, yeah, cool. So I took guitar lessons when I was eight. I started right. playing drums when I was, like, 14 or 15 and, you know, various music ever since. But I just don't know how to live life without it. So you're on the Partridge family? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, I've been around there. That's pretty awesome. It's a great vibe over there. Very musical. I remember I came over and played some Bees Wings, uh, Richard Thompson. I was gonna, I was just about to bring that up because me and my dad on uh, Monday Memorial Day had my whole family over and we played that. He still has that video on his phone. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. And so it's so good. Oh, really? And that's the reason I was like, man, I've never heard this song before. Like years ago, when you what four or five years ago, when you yeah, yeah. And so um, that's what got me into Richard Thompson. Oh wow, that's great, Richard. Thompson is very important to me. Just his, his finger picking style and his his whole his whole thing. His lyrics are amazing. It's man. wild, and that really that led me to find. Now I'm drawing a blank. Who does Worker's song? Oh, Dick. Uh, you had that on that playlist. Yes, it's like Dick. 
Goffman or something like that. Anyhow, I found him through Richard Thompson, and his his playing is just unbelievable, dude. I'm going to find out who it is. I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's along that same vein. Using our state-of-the-art uh, Spotify 561 music computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have said Spotify. My Dick bad. Gone. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, worker song. It's a, it's incredible, dude. And the, how he plays, like his picking style on that song, I was like, "What is this now?" You know, it's yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, man, finger picking is uh, I, it is something that I go in and out of. It doesn't really. I could make it work with Kilbillies, but I'd have to either um, I'd have to wear finger picks to cut through. I'd have to get basically a lot better at it. I can do I can do it when I'm um, just playing solo, and I generally do do it when I'm playing solo. But with a band. It's just a little intimidating, you know. I feel like it gets lost a little bit. You it, know. it does a little weaker vibe. Um, yeah. Have you heard the tallest man on earth? No. Well, check that out. He's I don't know what he is, but he plays banjo and guitar. Right. But he fingers he finger picks with all five fingers. Wow. And it's wow. the cra- it sounds like there's three guitars playing at one time, and it's only just him. Yeah. And his voice his voice sounds like Bob Dylan. I don't know who tries to sound like Bob Dylan, but he sounds <laughs> like Bob Dylan. I'm not knocking Bob Dylan. He's my favorite writer of all time. Yeah, I named sure. my daughter after Bob Dylan, not Bob. I named her Dylan. Right, yeah. So, <laughs> she's thankful. She's thankful, I didn't, she's thankful I didn't name her Bob. Yo. But, uh, yeah, finger picking, <laughs> man, it's just ridiculous, dude. Ridiculous. Yeah, totally, man. So, um, you're Florida born and raised, right? Mm-hmm, you yeah. from here? So where, where did you uh, find yourself having guitar lessons? Was it somewhere local? We had, when I was, when I started playing guitar when I was eight, um, we found a, a guy that taught privately out of his house. And when I first started playing, I was formally trained, so learned how to read music and stuff like that. And come about 12, 13, I was like, nah, fuck this. I just want to play power chords and play as fast as I can. You know what I mean? Sure. Which I regret because now I don't remember how to read any music. Right. But then, you know, I started, like, self-teaching my, you know, the other stuff that I wish I would have learned and stayed in lessons. But, yeah, we just found a private teacher down in Lantana, Florida. I can't remember his name at all because I was a kid. Yes. You know, yeah, <laughs> my mom taught me my first three chords, you know, G C D. What were they uh, listening to that um, kind of influenced you in the early days? Oh, dude, I mean, I grew up on Steve Ray Vaughan, uh, Eric Clapton. Um, Bonnie Raitt, mostly blues, right. you know, yeah, man. and that's what they that's what they played. Credence, yeah. who doesn't love a good Credence, you know? Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to uh, getting into the punk and stuff, who were some of the your early uh, influences? When I was like, dude, I was young. I think I was in like third grade when the album came out. When Green Day's Dookie came out, yeah, my buddy was like, "Listen, I got this cassette tape." And uh, he let me borrow it, and then I made my mom drive me straight to Target, and I bought that cassette tape, Green Day's Dookie in 1994. And then from there, I just kind of expanded and branched off because before that, I'm still all over the place with my music. Sure. I, I listen to to everything. I don't understand how one person could be like monogamous yeah. with their music style. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess if I have dependent on one, how I got into punk. You know, people call it that. I'm sure people are going to yell at me saying that. But third grade me thought Green Day's Dookie was punk. Yeah, and then sure. that's what made me explore that. So. It was fucking, it was fucking like, punk yeah. as hell, man. Yeah, 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 I yeah. loved it, dude. I just thought this was the coolest shit I've ever heard, Some man. 22-year-olds are going to be like, um, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, I wasn't around back then, yeah, but I think I remember. That, You're getting doxxed, dude. You're getting yeah, doxxed. Shortly after that, fucking what came out? Uh, Dude Ranch. And that thing was an ass beater when it comes to speed. Like that yeah. first song was just so fast. And I was like, all right, here we go. Yeah. And then it, we just went off from there. 
That's great. Um, who would you say got you into punk, Billy? How did you find yourself um, into it? I started out in like a new metal, you know, in middle school, you know, right. corn and uh, Limp Biscuit, things of that nature there. Yeah. And uh, I think, uh, oh gosh, Dropkick Murphys was like this the first big band that I heard in uh, the punk category. Yeah. Uh, Dropkick Murphys, uh, and then from there went into heavier stuff like Hatebreed and, you know, things of that nature there. But. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Travis, I was all over the place. Like anything musically, anything that was uh, extreme, right? You know, that yeah, was like yeah. punk, hardcore, you know, country, bluegrass, fucking blues, anything that I could find that was like a weird niche. I was like, oh, I'll just check that out. Let's see what's oh, in there. Cool. Yeah, you find a lot of garbage, but yeah, there's something a gem in everything. Any yeah. kind of genre is going to have like really amazing artists. Yeah, definitely. And I think that um, I, you know, I, I'm I'm really kind of making this theory up on the spot, but I think if you people that play slightly more offbeat music in in one direction, they generally have very broad music tastes. It's almost like. Um, the opposite than what you'd expect because you know the fact that you even found that style of music in the first place probably means you have you know you listen to a lot of different oh, stuff yeah. yeah um so uh do you guys have a writing process like how do you come upon um the your songs how does that work <laughs> <laughs> um lyrically i write constantly like i write just pages and pages and pages of stupid shit Right. And then I hope to God that when I finally get to hear, like, you know, they write songs in a night. They'll write, like, two songs that are just amazing. I think Footsteps, they did, like, well, you guys wrote that in just one night, yeah? So I, they they wrote that when I was out of the room, and I came back in a, a week later, and I was like, shit, this sounds amazing. I have to, like, really step up. And I look at, like, lyrics, and it's just pages and pages. It looks like a schizophrenic <laughs> office meds. I'm like... <laughs> that's ben's phone man yeah yeah my phone is. i'll bring him something and be like what do you think of this court sequence he's like i have lyrics for that <laughs> but usually we go in uh we go into the studio usually and uh i have nothing prepared like as far as timing goes or anything like that and we kind of coach and guide me to where i need to be like i said i'm okay by habit and by trade i'm not a musician i uh, i don't have great timing i just am good at shouting and yelling, and that's really about it. Well, it goes a long way in a hardcore band. Yeah, it, it's like eighty-five percent of it, and that other fifteen, you don't really need that much. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, like in general, then you record that. Do you record the songs before you play them live? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We we get everything kind of like uh, recorded, and then I try and figure out. Like this last one was the most professional locked on I think we've ever been, as far as I go. Because, like I said. This was the first time that I was like, okay, I'm going to hear the song. I'm going to come up with the lyrics. I'm going to figure out the pattern. You know, all that professional stuff you guys do <laughs> and that they do. And I was like, I'm going to try that. I bet you if I pretend to be a real musician, it'll take. He, he fucking did it. Dude. Yeah, actually, he really did. I'm a real boy. <laughs> <laughs> because one of the ways that um, we do it, because we play so much, is we'll have like three quarters of the song done and then we'll almost just workshop it at gigs because yeah. we play so much and if it's not that busy or something like that we'll just play the song see how it goes down see how it feels and then it slowly starts taking you'll be like oh that bit does not work in front of people you know <laughs> yeah. and it really helps actually we like really that. need another verse yeah. Yeah. Like, a, like a comedy bit almost like yeah. Yeah, people didn't laugh scrap it yeah, yeah it's yeah. exactly Basically, like that. Yeah. That's, that's pretty bold their five minutes you know yeah. 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 No, that's awesome that you have the ability to do that yeah that's, no, that's really cool because yeah. I, I definitely would not do that in any project I, I've played in 
in not, a lot of different music. genres, not just like heavier music. And I don't, I don't think I would ever do that. That's pretty. Uh, you got to be pretty on it. The, the, I suppose the different. The, there's a certain amount of um, leeway you have both with um, if you're kind of not necessarily the center of attention in a situation you know yeah so so we are you know, we we do play gigs where it's like we are the center of you know where it's people come to see us but then we also play gigs where you know we're so competing shapes. with like a baseball game and yeah we're yeah. just yeah. we're just yeah. background music right. mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. so it's usually drinking at the bar and you're just like all right well you know i'll throw this one out there and see how it goes <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, exactly. yeah. That's it. And the other advantage of being in an acoustic band, so we can rehearse in James's living room with our acoustic guitars. You know, yeah. We don't yeah. have to rent out of space. But, I mean, obviously, with No Name Scar Band, we have a space. But, you know, the Killbillies, we can just do it in James's living room. It's pretty sweet. Does the Killbillies still have um, Pints of Guinness in their repertoire? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's a that's an oldie but goodie. Yeah, absolutely. I think our repertoire consists mostly of oldies but goodies at this point because <laughs> we're ourselves oldies and debatably good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're definitely old. <laughs> yeah. So Mike, um, when it comes to sort of writing, um, writing your stuff, how, do you have any kind of approaches that you take with it? How has it come out? With, with this, with old habits, it's yeah. uh, like. Travis has been playing for four years with Old Habits, three, yeah, give, or, give or take a number, a number of years. But the our guitar player Chris and I joined up, and um, we were originally. I think we just had like two shows that we that they needed people to fill in for, and I, originally we were just going to fill in for them. And I've I've always loved Old Habits from when they started, whatever you know, sure. over ten years ago. So I was just stoked just to just to be able to to play with them, even if it was only going to be like you know on a needed basis or whatever. Yeah. Um, but we had we had so much fun, and with with this album, I don't I don't even think we really almost intended to like start writing. It was just we all just kind of started jamming together, and, and excellent. I it just this it was one of the the strangest and best writing experiences doing this because it was just like everything just kind of like flowed out, and then we just had five songs. Yeah, it was, that's it was awesome. really cool. And fast. We just wanted to play fast on yeah. this, this EP. Like, we just want to make sure every song is under two minutes. Right. And they're all fast for most of it. And that's what we want to do. We just want to tear ass around the front yard. Really Everyone wrong. was on the same page. Everyone was on the same yeah. page. With so, that. We, you know, it was no conflicting ideas. We were all, like, hive mind and uh, just knocked out a few songs. I, lo- I love these songs, too, yeah, um, a lot. It really breathed a new breath into this band because, like before, I originally joined four or five years ago, and I was playing old old habit song, nothing mm-hmm. I have written with them or anything. And then, like he said, him and Chris joined, same scenario, and then we we're like, "Oh, well, can we write our own songs now?" Because it's a completely different cast besides for, for Bill. Yeah. And that, I'm I'm the second veteran now, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. he's the only original member. So yeah. like, let's well, just do whatever we want to do. Original member, Kobe's <laughs> classics never die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, do you guys have a rehearsal space? Where do you guys practice? Over? Mainly DC Studios. Okay. Um, with the house I just bought, uh, I now have a music room. Yeah. And I live near Mike and Chris, our guitar player, up St. Lucie Stewart area. So now. This next album we can write at my house. Oh, nice! And then we'll always have that available, and yeah, not have to drive sweet. down to Okeechobee. And Bill's just gonna have to suck just it up and drive to north. Practice in my bedroom. Whoa! You know, in the mirror and shit. <laughs> just do the moves. Just do the moves. Don't worry about any of the lyrics anymore. Just do all the moves. But this happen. album was born at DC Studios. Yeah. Okay. That's where that album was written. <laughs> where was it recorded? 
Um, we recorded it actually with the. Did he have a name? Did Mr. Valley have a name? Mr. Um, I'm not. I don't know if he has a name yet. Valley Studios. Yeah, Stravelli, I'm pretty he sure like he can st- yeah. well, Our buddy is. Mike Stravelli, who <laughs> Tough is titties, the Mike, sorry. patient <laughs> and knowledgeable person, one of them I've ever recorded with, oh, and cool. he was just a joy to record with. And like, especially when some things lyrically or musically. He, he, we'd be like, oh, we can't, we're stumped, we can't quite figure this out. He'd be like, well, why don't you try this a little bit? And like, well, that fucking works. Like, that's, you know, <laughs> that's brilliant. So, if he keeps going seriously have, like, with it, he everything. would be, he'd be a very good producer. Uh, he's actually he, the guitar player for my other band. Yeah. And uh, when we, we play this like, doomy stoner rock type stuff that's and uh, seven serpents. Yeah, yeah, seven serpents. Um, so it's like really, really heavy and sludgy. It's and, awesome. Uh, it, we were, it was like acceptably messy but when he came in he's like you gotta clean you gotta clean this shit he was like the real the real musician that came in and like i do primarily like uh now it's kind of all over the place but i primarily did most of the songwriting and he just always had an idea to match like he's the perfect person to come in and be like well what if we added this and what if we added this so he was great it's a fine line with a producer and it's something that i've done a bit of producing in my time and and it's a fine line because you've got to really walk that you've got to make sure that it's still the band's exactly exactly he's very very good at just punching in the perfect idea but not overtaking what somebody's trying to do yeah he wasn't Um, trying to get us to do like a piano solo or anything (laughs) i'd be open to it though (laughs) let's get the piano going piano piano it's different get a flautist (laughs) (laughs) that's great um yeah cool so this guy sounds awesome um i was uh wondering that one of our favorite questions is um and it is do you in terms of your instrument at home uh do you practice i'll start with billy no yeah yeah. (laughs) i figured that i figured that would be your answer uh, old habits is like i think uh you could probably fit all of our practices over the last 10 years into like i don't know a month and a half right right right. We are notoriously bad at getting together to practice unless there's, like, a show or yeah. something lined up. Like, we'll have a show lined up, uh, what, July? July. July. We have a show in Orlando uh, lined up. We might practice once before that. Right, I have faith gotcha. in us. So how, how often do you play out? Like, play uh, shows? Yeah. Um, used to, at our peak, we were playing, like, once every other month, I'd say. Okay. Right. But, yeah, mostly sporadic at yeah. best, yeah. especially after, you know, post-COVID has Old Habits ever been on tour? No. Right. We played, uh, as far as Jacksonville, yeah. we played one show in Philadelphia, and that's really been about it. All right. uh, Justin Giannoutos played with you guys. Oh, yeah. He was our first drummer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was the better drummer. <laughs> Wrong kid died. The good one. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong kid died. <laughs> He's alive. I don't know. I don't want people thinking. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Justin's a good lad. I play with him still just in No Name Scarband. We have one more show left before Matt moves. But. I was about to say, you guys are going to have to like uh, uh, do what we're doing there, like every six months or so have the show. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, are yeah. you guys going to play in Vegas at any, uh, any point? Well, uh, that's what I'm planning. I, uh, I'm hoping so. I can't imagine that Matt wouldn't get you guys a gig in Vegas yeah. at some point. I was going to say, that's got to be like the next step there. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, no, I guess we have to play in Vegas. Oh, shit. We're opening at the Bellagio. Darn. <laughs> so the, the, the last time I played in Vegas, I had such 
a good time. So the, we got to go um, to one of those like showgirls type shows um, where where they trot out like a great line of ladies, um, all with you know that's a bearing their boobs. Yeah. <laughs> you know Sounds terrible. You, you know when it's like it, you know that kind of the old style Vegas show. You know? Yeah, yeah. And they got they allowed us up into um, the production booth, and we were all up there and we were watching them do it and everything because we just met some guy in the casino. We were w- watching them do the lights and everything. It was so cool. And then the gig itself was bananas. I can't remember the name of, of the of the band, but um, the lead singer was just, she was this complete, just had zero inhibitions. And she she was, for, for an entire song, she was like straddling me on the left and just singing <laughs> the song directly into my face. I think I've never, never seen a band like it. They were amazing. It's a little intense. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it was a lot of fun. That sounds a little, I'm like, oh. Yeah, it was a little intense. Personal space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Pre, pre-COVID. <laughs> get a sneeze guard going. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, Mike, do you, do you practice your instrument at home? I, I actually don't practice the bass, but I practice just about everything else that I play. Um, gotcha. I, I, I really, really enjoy playing bass. This is like the second or maybe third band I've ever played in, but I, if, if I had started playing bass, I don't think I would have went with like any other instrument i just i I know what you mean i like the bass yeah it's fun so this is the only band that i've actually played for not just filling in for somebody so i do i should be practicing more but um i i just it's i have i have kids and i work at a hospital and it's it's busy but um i've been slow i actually just restrung all my guitar restrung that's terrible (laughs) uh restrung all my guitars and the bass restringed it yeah, I've restrang it. Restrang. Wait, so what's what's the proper one? I don't know. I think it's restrung. I'm gonna go with restrung. I'm gonna go with restrung. I'm going with that from we now on. We put new strings on. Yeah. anti old <laughs> strung. That's, That's cool. got to be it. Yeah. We took That's the rusty ones it. off. We but. put the shiny ones on. <laughs> do you still do any kind of like um, sort of rudiments or scales or anything like that? Or is it more just working out songs and things? More, I just um, like I. I I'll hear a bunch of songs like driving to work and I'll be like I want to play that and I'll go home and like learn some stuff I, I learn better by either just free playing or or um, trying to like cover something that I'm I'm really really into yeah and then I'll be like oh this is like you know this is a cool chord progression or I've never even even played like anything like this before something something different in it that I try to incorporate into you know other projects whether it's just me doing something by myself but yeah. I, I was kind of for a while. I, I really like my other band hasn't played. We haven't played in a while. I think June, last June or something. Oh hell! No. The Mad no, Ball Murphy's show. Law. No. Oh yeah, was, yeah was, February. Yeah, February. Mad Ball was uh, last July, and then I think uh, October we did the Murphy's Law show at Respectables. I gotcha. So um, yeah, what about uh, what about you, Travis? Do you do you, do you, do you practice at home? Yeah, I'm, especially now. Well, I wasn't. Trying to stay in my daughter's school zone and living in Jupiter, I was in an apartment for seven, eight, nine years. But with how things are going down here in Florida, um, we bought this place. Now I have a music room. So, yeah, I played drums for – drums was my bugaboo. Drums was the one I couldn't practice because I have guitars all over the house. Sure. So I play guitar every chance I get. That's just what you know. That's just what it is. But now that yeah. I have my drum set up, that has taken precedent because of my lack of ability to do it before that so yeah it's just even, kind of exciting it's amazing yeah and i took you know 
I, I took imagine it it's a wonderful tension release as well. Just it's, yeah, it's the best thing ever. Beat dude. the hell out of it. It's the best thing ever, dude. Or sometimes beat the hell out of them, sometimes not. I listen to a lot of jazz. I enjoy playing jazz. And yeah, it's awesome. a completely different element. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So. Do you play jazz on guitar too? No. While I'm working on it, um, you know, I always try to mess around with like some Larry Carlton or like Pat Metheny, okay. stuff like that. Not as much the leads as the chord progressions are difficult enough. Yeah, they are. And actually, what I've discovered, um, because um, I, it's not like I practice jazz a whole lot, but I do occasionally um, just to kind of keep my chops up a little bit. And if you know the chords like the back of your hand, the soloing just comes it comes natural from the chords, the chord structures. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That's what I'm starting to learn. Yeah. Um, you know what's helped me a lot lately with with my dexterity, the old school. Picking down, pick up, open the E, F, F sharp, G, G sharp, top string. And then you just do every string. Yeah. And then you just go backwards doing the – and, like, it's helped my dexterity a lot because I realized, like, how I was just playing – because the band I play guitar in is just like a pop punk band. It's not super challenging, you know? Yeah. But now I have the ability to practice and be a better guitar player as well. And I realized how, like, rusty I got when it came to things that are a little more technical. Yeah, totally. It's – um. That's one of the studies that I give to almost every new student I get is that and I, I call it the caterpillar for some reason. I don't know why. That it looks like the Hungry Hungry Caterpillar. It's yeah, just, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. fundamental guitar yeah. playing, dude. Exactly. And it's just like. And then I have them go like one, three, two, four, one, three, yeah. two, four, and then just all the different combinations. That's yeah. beautiful, man. Yeah, I send them off with that like the second or third lesson. Once they can fret a note, I have them start doing that. And yeah. you find mostly they're having success with it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the ones that practice. <laughs> you right. know, I'd say w one in five students um, honestly does practice more than like twice a week. You know? And then there's always that one that mom and dad just make them be here, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, you get, they get that. But every now and again, you get someone who just practices like crazy. And then that's just like, okay, right, I've got to keep up with you. You know, within a year or so, they're like, they're, they're just shredding and they're like, Virtuoso. give me something else, give me something else. You know, I, I love it when I get a student like that because it puts like the best kind of pressure on you as a teacher. Yeah, it puts life back in you as a yeah, musician, yeah. I'm sure. Absolutely. You feel like you're not wasting your time. You're like, oh, good, okay, somebody's listening. Somebody's getting yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I can't say it's everybody, but it definitely, um, definitely happens sometimes. Um, so the hardcore scene in Florida, something that I am curious about is um, – has it changed from um, when you first got into it down here, and how has it changed? Uh, yeah, I'd say it's changed. I mean, anything's going to change over a period of twenty years. I mean, you know, now you know, twenty years ago there wasn't uh, you know Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, twenty years ago it was you know all old colorblind skinheads beating the shit out of people and you know venues opening and closing and i used to hear stories from my <laughs> friend luke about about like you know west palm beach big fights and stuff like that yeah there's a lot less of that going around which you know is a good and a bad thing i think right. i think to a certain extent maybe a smidge of gatekeeping can be good you know it's hardcore it's supposed to be a smidge dangerous but you know depending on who that danger's aimed at i guess it might be yeah. good yeah or bad. yeah but no, I think it's uh, it's definitely changed a lot. You know, people are a lot more uh, personable. There's a lot more uh, acceptability. You got like hardcore bands like Turnstile that are playing on like uh, the Jimmy Kimmel show and the Today Show and all that. And, yeah, yeah, it's a lot more everywhere. You know, you can find hardcore in any city in America, which is you know really cool. Yeah, you know, everybody has kind of stayed uh, able to stay connected. 
Uh, it's a lot different than it was 20 years ago, but I think yeah. it's changing for the better. So um, some of the I, – I like – because I wasn't here then, I'm, I have this kind of um, sort of gilded sort of idea about um, what Spanky's was like back yeah. in the day. <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> <laughs> because it just sounds like it was a, like a whole lot of fun. Debauchery. It, it yeah. Was, it was. It was uh, – <laughs> Yeah, uh, amazing show. Some of the best fucking shows ever, I've Bane, ever seen dude. in my life. Like crazy. Like it was a weekend where Bane played one night, Zayo played the next night, and I think Comeback Kid played the next night. And like, then like wow. the next weekend was like the Voodoo Glow Skulls. Like <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it was, and I went to all of them. Yeah, you know? that's amazing. Dave Spanky's somehow just like all the shows. Like oh, yeah, I got to go Spanky's. Of course I'm going to Spanky's. Well, and they got a lot of. Uh, I mean, if I remember correctly, like they got a lot of really big national names, but then also they would have these amazing local band shows. Yeah, you yeah. know, uh, you, you like would discover like some really badass local bands that you didn't know existed until you saw them at Spanky's. Yep, Spanky's had some of the best shows. Rays, Rays yeah. had oh, amazing shows. Oh yeah, Rays yeah. was amazing, and, and that's kind of why I brought it up because um, something. Uh, that I wonder is, does it feel like that there's less avenues, less places to play these days than there used to be? Um, I guess yes and no. I mean, there is still places. They, they pop up all the time. You'll you always find shows. Anytime something shuts down, like they're gonna they're gonna build something else. You know, yeah. Respectables is still going strong after 35 years. Yeah. Uh, Propaganda is still there. You know, of course, if you go down south, they have Gramps for bigger shows. Uh, La Rosa. Uh, there's always going to be places popping up, and you know they might not have that same history, but I yeah. don't give a fuck about history, to be honest with you. I'm no, <laughs> I get it, but I think that there's a difference. And I mean, I, I was born and raised in West Palm Beach, and so you know I've, I've been to zillions of shows around here. I, there, there is a difference in the venues that we have today and the venues. I mean, even even Respectables has changed considerably from when it opened into what it is now, um, but. I mean, there's a lot of play like Button South. Button South used to get like down in Lauderdale. I mean, they they used to get a shit ton of really big names, you know, Ozzy and all these guys and whatever. Yeah. You you don't you know there's not small and it was a small place. I mean, it was not you know it was not huge. I mean, any any no seats. I mean, I was gonna say any seat in the house. There's no seats. You're standing room only. But it was it was like you could stand anywhere and like you know be a stone throws away from from the band. And there's just not a lot of places like that around here anymore. Like it's either it's either a respectables or a propaganda, which is you know it's it's an okay size. It's not anything huge by any means, um, or it's some like ridiculous arena or whatever. And yeah. you're 900 miles from from the person, and it costs you 600 dollars to get a ticket. We you need know? some yeah. more happy middle grounds. That's exactly right. We do <laughs> need yeah. some happy. Middle I believe grounds. it also has to do with like the time, because when I think about that, I think about the time period, or you know, it could just be like me in personal perspective. Because I remember like, like late nineties, early to mid two thousands, like Rays and Spankies every weekend were like competing with shows, yeah. like right. they were both having banger shows on one end of the spectrum or other. Was and propaganda there at the time? I don't think it oh, was propaganda. I think uh, I think it was started a, doing like shows like two thousand eleven. Okay, two thousand twelve. Yeah. I so, might be mistaken on that. Don't so, quote me. So um, okay, that's interesting, right? Yeah, I, th- that was uh, pre Matt with Cecil and those guys. And, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Spanky's and those guys. I mean, we're talking like. 90s early I mean what year did it actually close down it was it torn was right down in 2005 or 2000 it was like it was I graduated five, five in 04 and it was shortly after that right yeah. yeah but I mean like we saw legends at those places dude I mean I remember I saw yeah. grade at Ray's with like 15 people there like how how 
douchey of a story is that? Like, <laughs> yeah, I saw when I was in high school, I saw Grade at Ray's, and there was nobody there. And the bartender, whose name was Ray, was doing coke off the bar, and like it was just like. Just but whatever. that's what I'm saying. There's no like, like you like just, you put it, no middle ground places. You yeah, know? There's yeah. Just I, I not, definitely there's not. I think there is definitely a, a, a loss in like official venues or venues like that where it was like everybody was just touring all the time and like you said it was like you know you had shows every weekend and it was like where where are we going or are we hitting a couple shows yeah. you know you always was, knew what you were doing exactly but the one cool thing with with playing a lot of this and not not even for just heavy music but like any anything kind of more underground i guess is like you know somebody will just like a show or a venue will close down and the show will be like two days away and somebody would be like, oh, I have, like, a warehouse I can fit, like, maybe yeah. 50 people in. And then, like, yeah. a couple hundred people show up to this thing. Yeah. And uh, there, there's definitely still that, even though there's not as many venues or... That DIY thing. The, yeah. yeah. I, I see that I see that a lot all over South Florida. And um, I'm sure it's... I, I hope it's everywhere because I, I think it's a really cool part of underground music, just making it happen no matter what. No doubt no about No matter it. what you have available to you. So yeah, totally. for, for us, I think we always have that element you know we'll play under a shack with two sticks holding up something but yeah, that, you yeah. know that's fine i do um, see a lot of that I, I see a lot of um my my son's uh uh well he's 18 now he's he's a drummer and he um he's got a bunch of friends and a bunch of different bands and things like that and and same kind of thing you know yeah. you know a lot he'll go out on a friday night and i'm like oh where are you going i'm going to show oh cool where are you going i'm expecting to hear respectables or, or you know <laughs> propaganda or something and he's like oh, i'm going to a you know a warehouse on xyz street and i'm yeah. like what uh you know or a house party and, mm-hmm. and it'll be like you know someone who lives out in like loxahatchee or something and has a huge backyard and they'll set up a full-on stage with lights and everything and they'll get 10 bands playing you know 10 local bands and it's that's very heartening to hear that's cool it really yeah, embodies it really cool. what we do or you know i'm not saying all of us but like what we do yeah with, yeah like underground like not mainstream music that's what got us into the music is the side shit like that not this yeah not, yeah it's everything over here you and know it's something that i wanted to ask you about in terms of um the uh the sort of general sort of ethic of hardcore and stuff and how how important is is that sort of side of it to to you guys like um in terms of you know the scene what it represents and the, the ethics behind it is it important to you uh is and ain't uh <laughs> nice generic answer. <laughs> uh, it just depends on like, my personal ethics. Don't always agree with everything in hardcore and vice versa. Like I'm, yeah, right, yeah. I'm, you know, and that's a good thing about hardcore is it can really embody anything as long as you're uh, true in it and you don't compromise it. Yeah. Like I just, anybody can be in a hardcore band and have a message and it can work. Like it right, doesn't yeah. have to be this specific thing or that specific thing. As long as you're not one of these people that waffles on it, you know, and like, oh, you know, the, you know, the label wants us to add the singing part or, you know, somebody wants us to, you know, do this photo shoot or we're going to play a show for these executives. Nobody's asking us to do that. So I don't really know how hard it would be to say no to somebody with money. But Right, yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't have any problems. Like, I, people in hardcore stay with it and a yeah. lot of people fall out of it. But, you know, like I said, it works when it works and when it doesn't, it doesn't. Right, yeah, yeah. No, I get, I get that totally. Um, all right. Well, um, I think now would be a good time to uh, listen to uh, listen to one of your songs. Let's do that. Ooh.
561 Music is brought to you by Handlebars Bar and Grill. It is a biker bar in Sequester. Um, it's been there for years and years. It used to be called Judy's. Now it's called Handlebars. And um, my father-in-law bought it and he uh, c- completely refurbished it. We were down in the basement kind of cleaning it out and sorting it all out for months and months. And then now it's... Uh, up and running and spanking clean and it's got great food Bernsey does the food and uh we've got plenty of great beers on tap and uh yeah it's a biker bar so if you're a biker you should swing by um you know we've got a nice bit out front there you can park your bikes we do a bike night every second thursday of the month from six to nine and we also i run an open jam on the fourth sunday of every month which is um all-inclusive anyone who wants to come and jam um you know whether you just want to try out a song uh, you've never sung in public before or if you want to come and play with us uh we pretty much got you covered so uh yeah come and check the place out um it's open seven days a week and uh it's a it's a good crack in there man you should come check it out and uh the other sponsor we have is Oasis Root Carver Bar, which is on Indian Town Road in Seagrape Square, which is on the corner of Indian Town Road and Alternate A1A. Now, if you don't know anything about Carver, it's a Polynesian root that they grind up and they mix with water and um, gives you a little bit of a warm feeling. It's uh, not like alcohol, doesn't get you drunk, but uh, it um, definitely sort of uh, helps lubricate a social situation. Um, so if you don't drink, it's kind of a nice thing you can go and do. Um, and even if you do drink, it's a nice thing you can go and do. And uh, Jim, he runs it sort of more like there's a whole slew of different types of carver bars out there. There's the ones that are more like a club where it's kind of black lights and EDM playing and stuff. This one is more like a cafe vibe. It has a nice sort of polished wooden bar and and it's a very chill, relaxed atmosphere. So uh, if you want to uh, come and check out a carver bar if you've never been to one oasis route is definitely um a good entrance into that world because it's a very relaxing atmosphere in there you know you've got a couple of tvs on with different stuff he always plays classic movies on tvs they do a poker night and uh yeah you should go check it out oasis route on indian town road um all right so uh we just listened to your tune footsteps could you uh tell us a little bit about it uh yeah uh that was the one I think uh, that they wrote while I was, like I said, out of the room. Uh, I was uh, they had a practice without me while they were writing, and they sent me that track, and it was just such a damn ass beater. Like the whole thing yeah. just sounds like uh, comeback kid, just very, very big epic sound on it. Yeah, and so there, you know, I had to write just the most insane lyrics I could come up with, and you know, <laughs> the whole song is about uh, generational trauma. You know, your parents failing you, you failing your children. Just this never-ending circle of people being dog shit, you know, starting with, you know, the first people that you meet, which, you know, are your folks usually. Sure. And it's the whole point of it. It's the whole song is about, you know, every every good fella I know, every, every person who died of a drug overdose or suicide or, you know, homicide or what have you, you know, they had shit dog shit parents. You know, parents that yeah. failed them and that uh, didn't like them, didn't want them. And then they always play the, you know, the victim at the funeral, you yeah. know, things like that. And it's just a song just about, you know, fuck those people. I don't like them. Well, you know, um, (laughs) uh, my mother worked in child social services and um, she dealt with a a lot of people like that. And it's a very real and very tragic issue. You know, she used to come home from work 
just so loaded up with other people's trauma you know it was just all over her face and um you're just like all, all therapists you know she had to have therapy to kind of you got to kind of pass it around a little bit to dilute that kind of trauma oh yeah it's um and so you know i think that's a, a an awesome you know you were saying that um that the messages in your songs weren't all that important. I think that's a very important message. You know, I think that that's very profound and um, and a very real situation. You know, it's, yeah. it's not like you have to make. It's not like you have to exaggerate that. It's it's a problem in our society. I think you know, to more or less of an extent, parent. All, all parents affect their kids in some way. I think even if you're the best parents in the world, you know, the, the kids are going to carry some kind of baggage from, from them. But, um, you know, obviously some are far worse than others. Oh, <laughs> Not my kids. They're fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only because they listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> We're great parents and my kids are great. <laughs> but I'll tell you. After the mics are off. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, we, we're not going to do our uh, our gear section today, um, but I think we're going to talk uh, a little bit about um, some of the other things that you guys do. So uh, you uh, run a tattoo place called TBA, don't you? Yeah, TBA Tattoos off of uh, Okeechobee. Uh, yeah. Yeah, cool. Can you tell us a little bit about the place? Uh, yeah. Uh, formerly Aces High, of course, that central ownership closed down. Uh, we've rebranded, renamed, new ownership, uh, TBA Tattoos. We've got 11 artists there, pretty much work any kind of style under the sun. Uh, Great. Yeah, very, very experienced, very knowledgeable, uh, very clean. You know, we go out of our way to make sure that people have, uh, you know, good experience. You know, you go into a tattoo shop most places and, you know, it's got a vibe where they might not want you there, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. just, I want to tattoo a skull. It's like, okay, uh, well, actually, my girlfriend actually here, she'd like a butterfly. Nah, I don't do butterflies. Like, oh, Jesus, all right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We're a tattoo shop that, you know, works with people. You know, whatever you want to get done, that's yeah. what we want to do. Yeah, cool. Just the one location, though, right? Yeah. yeah. We're yeah, not yeah. looking to expand. We have no interest in that. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's all good, man. Yeah. That's awesome. And, um, you know, as someone who clearly enjoys tattoos i i will uh you know i'll have to head in sometime and uh, get some ink yeah come on in absolutely open yeah. 7 days a week off okeechobee tba tattoos <laughs> find us on instagram <laughs> <laughs> have you ever done any tattooing yourself you? oh hell no <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen how his hands shake <laughs> yeah i got like a, i had reconstructive surgery on this hand and you know all sorts of other you know stupid fucking monkey punching shit you know gotcha uh, not for me Gotcha. And just make sure the artists stay on time, keep the lights on, make sure everything's, you know, uh, up to date as far as bills go and, you know, customer service. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Um, so, uh, yeah, Mike, um, you want to tell us a little bit about Seven Servants, Serpents again? Yeah. We've, uh, we're, like I said earlier, we're a very sludgy, heavy, stoner metal, whatever you want to call it, type band. Just very slow, chugging riffs and... Um, just nasty, long, drawn-out stuff. Um, I think we started in, like, 2015. Right. And it, it started more as, like, uh, kind of trying to emulate bands like like Sleep or Electric Wizard and even, like, Black Sabbath, like, in that yeah, cool. kind of vein of, like, you know, darker rock and roll. And um, it's almost, like, as we've gone along, it's almost like we're kind of more of with uh, some type of like hardcore influence instead it's everyone in the band has been in different like hardcore projects and it's like we right. started trying to write this thing and it's naturally kind of moving back to what what we've done but with a very 
dark vibe over it. I, I have a lot of fun with it. Um, it's the first band I've ever fronted. I play guitar and, and um, do vocals in that band, and it's um, it's I, I like it because, like I said, when I you know I started getting into bands like Poison the Well and and all these like post-hardcore bands that were like very dramatic. You know, some of the, like the the talking parts and things that were just like you know a lot of uh, trying to convey an emotional state through like a song and sure. I, I like doing that with this but it's mostly under a pretty pretty dark wing yeah with that. Cool. so it's, it's a lot of fun i've never checked it. any out i've got to do that that's interesting um yeah and and travis you have a band called inside jokes don't you? i do yep. yeah yeah you tell us a bit about inside jokes oh uh, basically it's just um for lack of a better term and i hate it it's, but it's like a it's pop punk sound yeah but it's not like what you would think pop punk very is very like, campy it's it, it's yeah it's not like newfound glory right it's it but even though it has parts um it's a it's very dark trying yeah. to phrase it like if lucero fucks newfound glory <laughs> that's, that's i mean i don't know how to yeah with like really really dark lyrics and uh yeah I, I it's a hard it's a hard band to describe but um, right I love it, and it's it's other than yeah. I've had some stuff. I dig it. It's, it's my, thank They're you. Awesome. It's my child. So yeah, yeah. Other than my real child, it's my <laughs> it's, it's my band child. How long have you been doing that? We started in shit 2015. Okay. Released an EP in 2018, and then a full length in 2020. 20 don't quote me on all that so right i very nearly did some recording for you but i wasn't well at the time I, it was like right before uh right before i went off to uh to sort my life out so i, I didn't end up happening but it's you know, it's all good i i know it's, <laughs> yeah. it's no hard feelings like it's, yeah, all, yeah. it's all it's all good i'm glad you're doing well dude that's all i care about oh hell yeah man i appreciate that so but yeah maybe we'll get an opportunity to do some recording in the future we are about halfway done with writing our next album so excellent we'll be okay. in cahoots is that yeah. what you say cahoots yeah that works <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, gotta be, it's gotta be it yeah that's cool so um do you guys have any uh so what's this gig you got coming up? Is it in Orlando, you said? Uh, yeah, uh, July 3rd in yeah. Orlando uh, at a place called Uncle Lou's. I don't know if you guys okay. have ever been there or heard of it. I've heard of Uncle Lou's, It yeah. is a very tiny hole in the wall. And the last time I think I was there was in 2016. Yeah. And a fella rode a motorcycle in and started doing burnouts in the middle of a pit. And somebody <laughs> grabbed a bench from outside and smashed it through the ceiling. So, Well, first they threw it at Patrick. They threw the whole bench at Patrick. And Patrick <laughs> caught the bench and then I think threw it to the ground. And then from there, somebody else broke it. Patrick's it the only guy that could have caught a bench. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. Orlando's always great with us. Like, uh, you know, everybody there is just violent hooligan fucks. It's just going to be amazing. Like, what's, very... the, what's the date on it? Again? July third, I think. July third. Playing with some other bands or? Uh hell. Uh, <laughs> Hold, on. <laughs> Hold on, I got, uh, I got the. Uh, it's uh, flyer. some touring bands from Georgia. They're like punk bands. It's gonna be a punk show. Okay. okay. So we'll be uh, a little bit more out of our element on this one, but it's yeah. uh, I think Left for Dead. Oh, there it is. You got it. <laughs> Left for Dead is a video game. Okay. <laughs> it could be two uh, things. It's uh, TV Generation, Strike First, Rotten Stitches, and the Rottens. I think it's Strike First and Rotten Stitches are the, the touring bands. The touring bands. That's the, that's the venue. That's the venue. That's, that's the venue. I'm so proud that you read that. But I read. I sure read. you do. I do reads. 
Hooks on phonics work for you. <laughs> <laughs> now we're showing our age because yeah. kids these days, you do like hooked on phonics. They're like hooked on what? Hooked on what? Hooked on what? Is that crack? <laughs> is, it, uh, is it August 5th? August, yeah, August yeah. 5th, we'll be playing at Propaganda with uh, Ether Coven. Excellent. I think we're allowed oh, to nice. talk about that after today. Yeah, because yeah. they posted, they, they released an album. That's yeah, just, right? just that'll be their, just that'll be their CD release. Spin, right? yeah, yeah, Justin yeah. Junitzos. Uh, mean Pete, Mean Pete, the, the singer, guitarist. He's the one that did our album artwork for uh, Heroes Dose. Right. They got an album coming out that'll be their CD release. Uh, we'll have hand burnt copies of our own CD there, so you cool. can get a physical copy. And, uh, you know, lose it immediately. <laughs> is your new record available on the streaming services? And All of them. Uh, every single uh, kooky, crazy one that they have. Apple Music, uh, Spotify, uh, Zibbler, Bum <laughs> Bumbler, fucking Flory, uh, whatever. My, uh, MySpace, Flory. MySpace Music. <laughs> yeah. yeah we're, go. we're going back to MySpace. Yeah. I think we should take it off everything and just put it exclusively put it on, on MySpace. MySpace. So, exclusively you know how they lost 50 million songs? Sign a deal with Tom. You know how they lost 50 million songs on MySpace? There are some songs that I have no other copies of, and I... I had forgotten that happened, and I went to try and find them online. And you know how there's all these other websites that used to take the music from MySpace and kind of... So I was looking through them, and none of the things were working. There are a couple of tracks that I wrote that I really want to listen to, and they are gone. Bayside, long story short. That whole, like, Bayside, that band, that first EP that they released, which is the best work they've ever done. They've released several good albums, but that very first one was the best one and so formative for me. You can't find it. Anywhere. Oh, no. Now you can only find it on YouTube, so you can watch, like, the background of the video with it. You know what I mean? Uh, not yeah, not yeah. the video, but just, like, the 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 cover of the, the album, album cover, you know yeah. so you gotta sit there and be like leave your phone screen on which <laughs> i don't know why that's annoying but it's did, annoying I know mean, do, do they why. even have any copies of it i'm sorry I, I wonder if they still have the copies of it so apparently there's like some sort of like copyright or like rights infringency or something like that where they're not allowed to put out that EP anywhere. Oh, that sucks. And so it's not on Spotify. It's not. It's not. That a, sucks. Luckily enough, I Bayside came through Swampgrass Willies in circa 2000. Right. Jesus. And there's only one remaining member, which is Anthony Ranieri, like the the front front man, the guitarist. And they they handed out burnt copies of this CD. Well, a buddy of mine who is now the new guitar player in Inside Jokes, we got a second guitar player. He's like, yeah, man, I got that, and I burnt it. It's on my computer, and he sent me the files. So thank God. Like, I finally yeah. got to have a copy of the CD again because I haven't – I was a freshman in high school, and I was like, this thing's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you're like, I don't care. I'll buy another one. Like, you're like, you get <laughs> yeah. all scratched up. Who cares? But now it's like – it's like worth its weight in gold. You can't find it anywhere. Wow. And, you know, YouTube sucks to listen to shit on, so. No, yeah, I hear you. Um, all right, so what have we got coming up? Uh, we got a bunch of stuff this weekend. We have uh, on Friday from eight to eleven. We have Conky Joe's. Yeah, that is Stewart uh, Jensen Beach. Jensen, Jensen Beach. Beach. Jensen, Jensen Beach. Beach. Uh, we have Doss from seven to ten open. on Saturday night, yeah. and, and that's, that's in Abacoa. Abacoa. Yeah. And then uh, Sunday, we're doing Rockin' River Walk up in Stewart, and that's uh, one to four. Is that yeah. the one right on the water? Yeah. yeah. That is such a fun that gig. That is so badass. So before, like, I just moved right there. I live right around there. And before we moved up there, we were walking around downtown Stewart, and we yeah. saw this band. It was like, they were younger kids, but they were like a funk band. They are like called True Phonics or, or something like that. Or They had horn players and, like, oh, wow, cool. I, I'm particular. If you're going to try and play funk... 
Like you better play it, and dude, they yeah, no, played it. That's awesome. Excellent. But that was the first I saw that that venue with the water behind them, with the steps yeah. up, and I yeah. was like, "This yeah. I." And that's when I fell in love with this town. I was like, "Thank God I live here." I know. I, I, think I love to do it too. Yeah, they. I think they only started doing that. Like, so I've, I've been up there for almost twenty years, on and off. I've moved up and moved back, but um, that like I think they only started doing that like six years ago. And I always randomly walk over there when a band is playing, but it's like. They, they never miss with like a band that I've, yeah. I've heard, heard of. That they're it's always, always fire. Somehow they always find like the right the right. Yeah, people every to play. band I see them post uh, and advertise for is always a band that I, I I've I've heard or I can look up and, and listen to and, and is you know like you said they never miss. Yeah. They're always really good bands. It's, oh, always good music. And in that same district. And, and Killbillies. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> the, the lyric, the lyric theater, which is right in that same thing. Yeah. Not to be redundant, but. I just learned that like Pat Metheny was there like a month ago. Oh wow! And I was like, Kevin Bacon and his brother play there sometimes. The Baconator, <laughs> huh? Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank it you for having us. Thank, thank, thank you so much. Yeah, very illuminating about all sorts of things. And um, I'm gonna listen the hell out of this new record. I've been listening to it a little bit, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to it on the way home after Poison the Well. There you go. <laughs> you listen to it four before you even get home. It's very yeah. short. It's eight minutes long. You can, even if you don't like it, it won't ruin your day. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, Thank guys. You. Appreciate it. See you later. Take a better scene. It's what we're doing. Come and check it out. It's what we're all about.